here we go. Kathy, thank you. What's going on? Oh, man. Good day. How about you? Uh, it's been a wonderful day. Uh, I know uh, you and I both are probably going to uh, take a walk or a bike ride uh, afterwards. It seems we're a little blurry. I'm going to try to fix that. Sorry about that. Um, hey, Tracy, uh, how's our picture? Are we okay, guys? Looks good to me. Looks good to you. All right. Hello, Robin. Great to see you. Um, Doc, you ready to jump into the show? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, here we go. Um, I'm going to start with, um, let's see here. Uh, what is Dr. Rogers' opinion on collagen supplements for women over 50? Any brands slash kinds he recommends? Uh, yeah, especially on uh, women over 60 or over 50 because they, they want to look good with their skin and their hair, their nails. Um, I do like a collagen supplement. I take one. Um, I like the keto collagen that we carry in our office. Um, there's also some keto collagen gummies that I have in my office that are, that are pretty good. So um, I forget, you can ask Katie who makes what brand that is because I'm not exactly 100% sure other than keto collagen because it won't bump your blood sugar up. Um, it's pure and that's a powder. You put it in a little water, maybe your coffee, uh, every day. It won't kick you out of ketosis. Um, so I like that one a lot. It's, it's, uh, tastes like vanilla. So it tastes pretty good. And, um, definitely because it strengthens your hair, your nails probably helps your joints a little bit too. Uh, it's a life extension. Okay. Which we use a ton of, um, makes sense. So get the, look up the life extension uh, collagen supplements. They're, they're really good. I, I know that since I started taking collagen supplements, my nails, I have to trim them like twice a week. My hair grows so fast, and my skin feels better. Maybe it looks a little better. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, especially for anybody over 50, they should have collagen. You start, you start losing it, really, starting from about 30. 40s, even worse, 50 when you start going into menopause or andropause, then you definitely start losing collagen uh, because collagen likes hormones, especially with women, estrogens. All right. Thank you for that answer, Doc. And we are going to go on to uh, the next question here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, where am I at? All right. Uh, how do you treat food intolerance? I have a lot and really struggle with it. I eat the wrong thing or too much of something, and it causes me to get sick. Uh, what's your answer to this? Yeah, that's a common problem. You know, there's a lot of common foods that cause intolerances like glutens and dairy and soy, corn, nightshades, um, Sometimes eggs for a lot of people, uh, sometimes seafood. Um, so if you can recognize what bothers you, quit eating it, of course. Um, you know, there's a, there's a food sensitivity test that we do in our office. It's a blood test. It's pretty accurate um, that we like to do a lot. And it's a delayed food sensitivity. So there's two things. You can have an immediate intolerance like a lactose deficiency. Uh, like I have, and 
like you drink milk and you, your stomach's immediately upset, you have uh, brain fog, you feel terrible. Um, obviously, that's a pretty that's pretty immediate. Now, there's delayed food sensitivities that you can also have that um, you won't notice for a couple of days, and you then you really can't correlate it to what you ate. So that requires a food sensitivity test. And that's a pretty good test to get as well. It's a blood test. Um, or you could always go to an allergist and, you know, get some allergy testing there on foods. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like the skin scratch testing as much for food um, allergies as I do the blood test. Some of the allergists may disagree. But um, so figure that out. If it's a food intolerance, just a food intolerance and not a delayed food sensitivity, like, dairy or eggs or glutens, then you should take gluten shield now, now called digest shield. Um, but because it has lactase in it, it has uh, chitosan, which blocks down glutens. It has a lectin blocker in it. Um, so I'm particular, I have a lot of food intolerances myself. And since I've been taking digest shield, you know, it's just been great. And I bet I saw five people today that came in and thanked me for starting them on Digest Shield, which has pre and probiotics. It has digestive enzymes, especially women with that are missing their gallbladders or have IBS. But men or women, it really works really well to get some Digest Shield. But figure out what you can't eat and try to make a substitution. Consider getting some um, some food allergy testing. Um, and then take Digest Shield. And sometimes you can, like with glutens and dairy, there's a spectrum. Some people have a very mild case of intolerances. Some people have a severe case of food intolerances. And so they eat shrimp uh, and immediately go into anaphylactic shock. So there's, there's a spectrum here, and that's a whole different ballgame. Dangerous. So uh, those, those people need to see an allergist and, and have an EpiPen handy. But... Um, it's, it's interesting, uh, the food intolerances, because they're so, nowadays they're so adulterated with different dyes and things, like a lot of people have red dye allergies. And so you got to kind of put your head into it and, and figure it out. But definitely take something like Digest Shield and avoid those that you don't obviously get along with. Uh, make substitutions, like if you can't drink milk, which you shouldn't anyway, in my opinion substitute oat milk or um, almond milk, um, coconut milk, those those type things. So great question. Look at your gut. Try to figure it out by figuring out your gut microbiome. Great question there. All right, we're going to go to a, a question regarding the CT calcium score. Um, I scheduled my CT calcium scan. As you said last week, it was a great deal of $50. But why in the world will insurance companies not pay for such things since that could be such a great early intervention tool, which would help eliminate possible huge expenses down the road. They, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> they all pay for mammograms, which are also screening tools, so this just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the question is, um, 
why don't they pay like what's the what's the deal with with this being such a good deal or why doesn't insurance companies pay for for uh something like the ct that's, that's a great question that's one i've been asking myself for years I, I can't figure out the insurance companies that's why i don't take insurance for off business um because they, they don't tend to pay for prevention too much um for example they don't pay hardly anything for weight loss things um it's so frustrating because you know that down the line, if a patient's obese and loses weight and it's healthy, it's going to save a lot of expense down the road uh, for that insurance company. So it wasn't years ago, I actually called an insurance company and asked them why they would not pay for weight lo a weight loss program. And, and I explained to them just what you're explaining to me. It, it's going to save you so much money down the line. I, I actually talked to one of the executives. And uh, he said, we know this, we know all this, but, you know, most likely by the time that the patient's going to benefit from that early intervention, they'll be with another insurance company. So it won't help us at all. <laughs> that was their answer to me. Honest truth. So I actually called them up. So here, here's what, here's one lesson I want you to learn. Everybody listening to you. Don't depend on your insurance to pay for anything except disaster. That's all it really should pay for. It's insurance. Quit expecting your insurance to pay for every little thing that you do. You're better off paying cash for it nowadays anyway, especially with everybody's deductible so high. And I mean, for example, you go into a, a drugstore, you're probably going to get a better price by using good RX and paying cash than you are using your insurance. So um, I know it's frustrating because you pay a heck of a lot for your insurance. I mean, even I'm on Medicare, I pay $750 a month for my Medicare just because I'm still working and making money. So that's frustrating to me too. Um, so the whole insurance deal is frustrating. So just count on insurance to be there for disaster. Like if you get hospitalized or you need emergency surgery and maybe even elective surgery, but so, you know, $50, uh, you know, 50 or 60 bucks for a CT calcium um, is just an unbelievable deal because you not only get the CAT scan, a huge expensive machine you get a radiologist reading the, the chest portion and you get a cardiologist reading the the coronary problem so it's the best deal in the world i don't i guarantee if an insurance if they did cover that here's what they would do they would charge about eight hundred dollars for it and then your deductible wouldn't work and you'd be paying 800 for it out of your own pocket or they would charge 800 and your insurance would pay maybe a hundred of it, and you'd end up paying the rest of it. So it's just a great deal um, for you to get for cash. So you got to start thinking about insurance in a little different light, like I did 16 years ago when I formed my group, Performance Medicine. I started looking at it in a whole different way. And, um, you know, I don't rely on the insurances to take care of my health. It's just a mistake. You can't do it. They, they're, What they're interested in is the bottom the money. So... They don't care about what comes out of your pocket. They really don't care about your health, to be honest with you. All they care about is money, paying their executives, paying their employees, paying their shareholders. Ben, am I getting on a soapbox here? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that explains it a little bit. So, um, great question, because I've asked that many times. They don't care, bottom line. So, go that pay the 50, 60 bucks and call it a good deal because it is it's a great deal i don't have any other deal that you can get like that 
I don't see how they don't they I don't see how they make money at all on it. But, you know, the the companies that run it, like the groups that do it. But um, so that's one. It's almost like a free gift. Uh, well, the great. You only get one every ten years. So. Um, oh really? So you need the CT calcium every ten year, uh, once every ten years. Every ten years is all you need it. All right. Thank you for that question there. Um, let's get to a. Um, let's see here. I was contacted about participating in a Vanderbilt memory and aging study to look at possible correlations between heart health and memory. The study would include brain and heart scans, uh, MRIs every 18 months, along with other heart testing and blood work for three years and then every two years for an undetermined length of time. The question is, would love to do the study, but there, are there any negative effects from having repeated MRIs like that? No, I think it would be great to participate in a study like that. Um, as you know, your your heart health is very closely related to your brain health. Um, so, and, and so are things like your insulin resistance and, and a lot of your blood studies, like you'll get on a Cleveland heart panel. But, yeah, not really, other than if you're claustrophobic and you get over that real quick. Um, and I'll tell you a couple of tips on getting in an MRI scanner, since I tend to be claustrophobic and, I had two in the last year to one on my low back and one on my shoulder. Um, and I, I dreaded it cause I, I'm kind of claustrophobic. Um, so no, not really. I mean, you're not getting any radiation in there. Um, so I think it's, it's safe. I don't, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd, I'd do the study in a heartbeat if you have the time uh, to go do that. So I think you should, I would encourage you to do that. But for those people that are kind of hesitant about an MRI scan, um, you know, they're kind of loud when you get in there. For people that are claustrophobic, I have people that actually, in some centers, they'll put you to sleep. They'll get an anesthesiologist in there and actually sedate you and put you to sleep so you can tolerate it. But it's not bad that these open scanners are big and you really don't get too claustrophobic in there at all. So, But here's a good tip for you. Besides, if you're really claustrophobic, I'll prescribe you a low-dose Xanax to take an hour before you go in there calm but take somebody in there with you you know take uh, your your husband or your wife or some a friend or somebody they can actually be in there with you and you know just to kind of calm you down maybe put their hand on your leg or something because part of you sticking out of the MRI scanner so I'd encourage you to do that and don't be afraid of an MRI it's a great great tool that we have to look inside your body um, Plus, you'll probably go to sleep in there, too, so it's a good, good time to get a little rest. Great question there. Thank you for that. Uh, here is our next question. Um, are there any natural supplements a 13-year-old girl can take to help regulate her periods? It's a great question. <clears throat> um, no, I wouldn't say. I don't use any natural supplements to that. You know, sometimes if if the migraine headaches or you start getting a lot of PMS symptoms and all. Sometimes I'll use a little natural progesterone cream that you can get over the counter. Um, but one thing I'll tell you, just the most natural thing you can do is eat clean, avoid eating fast foods that tend to be very estrogenic, maybe avoid soy products if you can. Um, but other than that, that's a great question, though. Um, 
you know, there, there are some, some things you can do like eat more cruciferous vegetables. Um, and there's one called DIM, D-I-M, uh, that sometimes I'll use um, to kind of uh, overcome estrogen dominance. Um, so uh, it's a great question, but um, the best thing I would do is would be eat good. I would definitely take vitamin D. You might even want to have some vitamin levels checked. You know, now we're checking vitamin levels in our office through Quest Laboratories. Um, uh, so um, look at them, look at some progesterone cream maybe, and try to figure out symptoms. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of docs will just stick you straight on the birth control pill, but I'm not real big on that. Um, you know, definitely regulate the periods, but I just don't like that as much, the synthetic hormones, unless it's just terrible. You know, and then you can. And you maybe use some, uh, some natural progesterone orally. But definitely see a doctor who does a lot of work with hormones and see what the symptoms are and, you know, make a chart of how often they occur, if they get headaches with them or a lot of swelling, uh, that type of thing. And, and also before about a week before the period, if they're regular, um, definitely cut caffeine out. Hopefully you're not drinking alcohol, but if you're older, drink cut alcohol out and drink a lot of water and exercise a lot uh, and eat very clean. Avoid sugar. All right. Great question there. I know that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you for that answer, Doc. Um, let's get to this question here. Uh, isn't it always preferable to or preferable to eat our veggies whole, clean foods, as opposed to juice them and drink Um Juicing seems to be gaining popularity again, but I think that that is our as best for someone who just doesn't eat enough veggies. Can't wait to hear what you say. So the question is, you know, isn't it always preferable to eat your vegetables versus get them through a That's drink right. or a juice? There's, there's no question about it. You know, even when you, um, you know, you juice, you blend up the stuff, you lose a lot uh, of the value um, in there. By a lot of the antioxidant uh, properties seem to disappear when you juice a lot. You know, it's better than nothing, but I agree, you, you should eat them better. And plus, you know, with juicing, you, you get a lot of, you'll drink more, you'll drink more calories in. You're worried about your weight. Uh, with eating with the volume, it makes you fuller. So I, th I agree with you 100%. Um, I like you to drink water and eat your vegetables and eat some fruits, you know, all fruits, unless you have a problem with the glycemic index, and you have uh, a lot of pre-diabetes or insulin resistance, then you want to avoid fruits like bananas and grapes and mangoes and melons. But uh, I agree a hundred percent, eat your veggies, don't drink them. Same thing with fruits, don't, don't drink your fruits like orange juice, eat an orange, it's 10 times better for you. Love it. That's a great question there. Uh, thank you for that. Um, all right. So what that does it for the questions that came in throughout the week. We're going to start answering live questions, guys. So put your question uh, for Doc on the uh, in the comments there, whether you're on YouTube or 
Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, before we get to the to the live queue, uh, the live questions, I do want to make just a uh, a PSA uh, around for anyone who has who is going through radiation treatment right now. If there's anyone that you know, or if you are going through radiation treatment, uh, we are. We're Dr. Andy Clark is going to is looking for volunteers to test Lavengel in healing three specific types of skin disruptions: uh, radiation dermatitis. Uh, so it looks like a couple different uh, versions of radiation dermatitis. So if you are interested in something like that, um, or if you know somebody who might be, I'm going to put Dr. Clark's email up there. You can email him. Uh, he is All he's wanting is feedback. Um, so again, this is for anyone who is going through radiation currently. Uh, and if you know somebody, pass this along to him. That is his email right there. If you need the email again, just let us know in the comments, and I'll put it back up. All right, let's get to the questions there. Thank you uh, in advance, Dr. Clark, for that. Um, all right, let's go to the questions here. I want to start with with Evangelon because uh, I know he's working. He's got about on hour number 40 already of this week. Um, let's see. His question is. Well, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is the correct dose of hydroxychloroquine used in conjunction with ivermectin long-term for long covid um, if I'm using those together for long COVID, I still just use hydroxychloroquine if I use it at uh, 200 milligram twice a week. That's all I use it. And again, it's very safe. There's very few contraindications. If you have a known prolonged QT interval, you shouldn't do it. Um, if you take it daily for a year, you should get your eyes checked, but you're probably not going to do that. Um, so it's a very safe, misunderstood medication. Um, and the ivermectin, I usually use, sometimes this is why it comes in with long COVID. Usually I'll use it um, at, let's see how many milligrams per kg. I'll use it probably on the lower side uh, for about a week in a row daily. So say that you weigh um, about 72 kilograms. I usually use about 30 milligrams a day for five to seven days and see see how you do with that. And then after a week of it, I'll transition to that also to twice a week at um, the same dose for a while. It's not going to hurt you. Um, but there's a lot of other treatments for long COVID as well that you need to do, like your vitamins. And uh, sometimes I use low-dose steroids, sometimes... I always use NAC, high-dose omega-3s, um, quercetin. Um, I, and I'm starting to use a lot of LDN for that. Low-dose naltrexone really works well. Um, I usually want to keep you on an aspirin as well. or Maybe if you can't tolerate aspirin, maybe serapeptase or um, natokinase or one of those. Uh, because, you know, COVID's a blood clotting disorder. You know, if you if you look at a lot of the autopsy reports from from COVID patients, um, gosh, it's you know it's a, it's a blood clot clotting disease is what it is. Um, so, yeah, kind of, I would use 200 milligram twice for most people twice a week on hydroxychloroquine, um, and then sometimes I play around with it and see how they do on symptoms. Um, but anyway, great question. Just, just a 
great question. Long coat, we're seeing more of that every day in the office. And you got to be a little bit innovative on how to treat it because it's different in everybody. Sometimes I'll start looking at their, you know, I always try to draw a Cleveland panel on them and look at their inflammatory markers. Sometimes um, you should check a, uh, a, a blood clotting panel on them, which we're going to start doing real soon through Quest Labs and see what uh, some, of the, some of the markers are like uh, D-dimer and fibrinogen and uh, INR. So um, and make some decisions on that because it is a blood clotting disorder and, and you want to prevent that. Um, but great question. Great question. Thank you for that, that question, helps. Evangelon. Um, and and I'll, I, I see your others. I'll get to that here in a minute. Um, Connie is asking, what is a good supplement to use for a concussion? Um, I like the omega-3s for concussion. Um, you know, I, I did. I was a team physician for our, our high school football team for many years. And, of course, I treated a lot of concussions. Um, one thing is rest. Uh need a good neuro evaluation uh, first right after it happens and then you need rest the worst thing you can do is get another hit to the head anytime within the next few days because it can cause um, it can kill you it can cause a second concussion which can cause your brain to bleed um, the concussions can be kind of tough um, I like uh, knack for concussions as well uh, it's a good antioxidant um, you know like hyperbaric oxygen if you can get a hold of one for concussion patients it's really good for them um, i'm trying to think of what else we use mostly just rest you know we're coming up with a blood test that's going to predict if you had a concussion a blood test you have a pre and a post and it's kind of an inflammatory marker. I don't think it's widely used yet, but it's it's out there. Um, probably some of, the, some of the NFL teams use it. So you just don't want to get repeated concussions. Uh, and I also like vitamin D as well. Um, so, but uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I used to use. I'll have to give you the name of a great book on concussions that I have in my office. Uh, so contact me if you have somebody that's really having a lot of post-concussive sim symptoms. Um, Thank you for for that question, Connie. Uh, great que great answer there, Doc. Um, let's get to, to John R. on YouTube. Um, what vitamins will the new Dr. Rogers oh vitamins replace? Uh, just caught what this what this was about. Um, what vitamins will the new Dr. Rogers vitamins replace? Looking to cut down on the number of pills every day. Uh, what he is referring to is, I, I think there's, uh, is there three? Um, three. There's uh, three that we have now, then there's a fourth. And what I'll do, I'll, I'll print up or have Katie uh, print up the individual things that I have on. But I have an immune complex. I have a stress formula. Um, I have a, a, a really good uh, multivitamin coming out that's going to be loaded. I mean, when I talk to the pharmacist in Seattle who is going to put them together for me. Uh, he, he just was amazed at what I packed into that multivitamin. <laughs> so 
need to take it with food. But it'll have the full doses of D, higher doses of C. It'll have zinc. It'll have quercetin. It'll have all this stuff in there. So um, I'll I will before this night's over. I'll print the three that I already have in, and what's in it if we can flash that up, because that that's one the reasons I did this because I'm taking a lot of vitamins, and you know. It's, it's just a lot of vitamins to swallow during the day. So you know, like I told you before, I, one day I put them all in a blender and drank them down. Now that's worse than any kind of juicing you'll ever do because it tastes horrible. I couldn't get it down. I had to spit it out. Um, <laughs> of course, there was fish oil in there and everything else, but it was horrible. There's no way you could get it down. So um, I am going to combine a lot of these vitamins together. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a powerhouse. I don't think you're going to be able to find anything like it. And you won't have to take so many. Plus, it's going to be cheaper, too, because, you know, instead, I think on my energy formula, I have CoQ10 and PQQ together. Um, and it's going to, I think it's maybe going to cost, Katie can firm me up on this, but it's going to cost way less than if you take both those. It's going to be about the price of most CoQ10s alone. And as you know, PQQ is, is the, uh, the supplement that actually helps you multiply your mitochondria. And CoQ10 makes it more efficient, helps you pump out more ATP. Uh, so that's going to be a good one. Uh, my stress form is going to have, I think I put uh, ashwagandha, L-theanine, and saffron all in one pill. And I've already had some great comments on that. I've had that for about a week, I think. Uh, so that's going to be great for stress. Uh, the immune complex, I'll have to have floated up there. I know it has quercetin, NAC, um, maybe C in there. I'll have to, I'll flip it on here before the night's over or have Katie do it. Before the, before the night's over, we will have, um, we'll put those up there on the screen. Uh, I do think, uh, so there's the energy complex, there's the immune, uh, the immune complex. And what are the three? I think we got something coming. Yeah, so here's my immune. Hard to have it out there. Uh, that's the immune. Yeah. Here's what's in it. If you want to look, <laughs> we can't read, read that. that. We can't read that. I can't read it either. <laughs> my beauty's worn out in my eyes. I don't have my glasses here, but I'll I'll flip it up there as to what we get. But we, we're gonna have some great vitamins. I found out that I could get some really good prices and combine all these vitamins through a a really good pharmacist in in uh, Seattle. So. I'll have a lot of those in, so hopefully you can cut down on the amount of pills that you have to take, and also save you some money. So um, we will we'll put some of the, we'll put some more information on that uh, up later on. Let's get back to the questions. Um, go to Roel. What are doctors' thoughts on inositol powder? Inositol, yeah, that's a neat that's a neat little supplement. I, ha I haven't. That's actually in the the uh, vitamin shop that we give for energy. So I do like it. You know, um, I can't tell you right now without going back and references exact biochemistry and, and how it works. But 
and I don't think I've seen just the, the powder by itself. So I'll get back with you on that one because that's a, that's a great question. But um, I do like it for energy because we include it in our, our Vitatrim shots. Um, but by itself, I just haven't seen it used much. All right, Roel, thank you for that question. All right, we're moving on down here. Um, okay, it seems um, Bianca's saying uh, she had one in uh, 2017. This is regarding the CT calcium score. Does that mean she needs to cancel tomorrow? She's going tomorrow for a CT calcium score? I don't think I don't think I would get it, but every 10 years. Um, you know, um, again, with, with a CAT scan, even though they say it's low dose, you're still getting some radiation with a CAT scan as opposed to an MRI. But, I mean, if your score was great in 2017 and, you know, it was a zero and you don't have a lot of risk factors, um, the only purpose in getting it really would be academic for you. Um, so I've had people get them in five years after, you know, an intense program to kind of see if they were, developing more calcification so yeah it's been that's been five years so I, I don't know you know i really wouldn't freak out about it but for a person that is just getting routine screenings i don't recommend one but every 10 years um so um i wouldn't blame you for going and getting it just to, just to kind of see um I know I waited 10 years to get my second one. I had a perfect score of zero the first one 10 years ago. I got one this past year, and it was a score of 92. So I'm definitely getting a little bit of calcium in my coronaries, um, you know, just because of my age, because I don't have any other risk factors. Um, so I don't blame you for getting it. I wouldn't freak out about the amount of radiation you got to get unless you've already been exposed to a lot of other radiation. Uh, so... For academic purposes, it'd be okay, but for the routine person screening, it's recommended once every 10 years. All right. Thank you for, for clarifying that. Um, let's get to, I'm going to say this is TMAC. Um, I used to love Tracy McGrady. Uh, is it okay to take C, quercetin, D3, NAC, and zinc at the same time, or should they be taken separately? You know, some people think you ought to take your C separately. The only thing with quercetin, I don't like you taking it right around when you take ivermectin because it will kind of take a lot of the potency out of the ivermectin. Uh, you know, so wait a few hours if you're taking both those together. But otherwise, um, I think it'd be okay. Um, certainly, when you take anything with C in it, you need to take it with uh, food because it tends to make some people nauseous. nauseous but um, They'll probably be fine. You know, the good vitamin to take is one that you'll actually take and not forget to take it. There's a lot of controversy about vitamins uh, in themselves. Um, there was, I got a question today from a patient, a new study by the U.S. Preventive Task Force came out and said uh, vitamin E and what was it? Maybe vitamin E and C. There's no evidence that it protects you against heart disease or cancer. Well, you know, those are not two that I use for those purposes anyway, but you always have somebody coming out and trying to say that vitamins don't help at all. Well, I'm here to tell you, 
Um, they may not be as studied um, as some of the pharmaceuticals. They may not have as many double-blind placebo-controlled trials because there's not enough money to do it. And big pharmaceutical companies are not interested in that because they're off-label. You can take them anyway. But I can tell you from practicing medicine for many years and personal experience, the people that take a lot of vitamins just stay healthier. They don't get sick nearly as often. And I think there's no doubt in my mind that omega-3s protect your heart. Usually you're going to have to take a little higher dose of them. They definitely lower your triglycerides. Vitamin D, I mean, I don't know how anybody could refute that that it works, but yet you, you every once in a while you have somebody coming out and saying, you know, there's not enough evidence to say you should take this vitamin. Well, you know, um, there's, there's a lot of uh, studies that say it does work, and from personal observation, um, I know they work. So um, I'll offer vitamins. Um, a lot of times it's the pharmaceutical companies that try to discredit you because they want you to take, you know, prescription medicines because there's more money in it. And, and I've never seen anybody overdose on a vitamin or there's very few side effects from, from vitamins. Um, so... Um, that, that's my st stance on vitamins because you're always going to read some study that says they're, you know, they don't work. But you, you uh, know, we we got a um, I, I think we got a comment the other day about uh, what made you change your mind um, because you've talked a lot about how, you know, you used to you know when you were more on the traditional side uh, of medicine practicing as a primary care physician, you know, you were of the mindset that that you know vitamins didn't work they were expensive uh you know uh there was a phrase you used to use but what what was it that caused you to change your mind any like specific was it just what you're hearing from patients um yeah just experience and then i started taking them myself and um you know you just not going with you just don't get sick um you know it's there's always some article um about you know, how there's not enough studies on it to recommend it. And, you know, people that push vitamins are snake oil salesmen. And, um, but really, I just disagree with it based on uh, a lot of deep dives on it and personal research. I take them myself and see, have seen a tremendous difference in energy levels and, and everything. They just work. My, <laughs> this is a funny story, but I've told it before, but my dad, who was a physician, told me that there were three stages in your career that you're going to um, think about B12, vitamin B12, you know, which gives you energy. There's no doubt in my mind, if anybody's taking a B12 shot, it gives you energy, makes you feel better. You know, I'll take one every week. Uh, but the only official medical indication for a B12 shot is um, pernicious anemia, a particular rare form of anemia. And uh, anyway, so the first stage of your medical career as a doctor, you're not going to prescribe it to anybody because that's the only indication for it. You're going to go buy the books and you're not going to hardly prescribe it to anybody. The second stage of your career, you're going to prescribe it to everybody because it works. The third stage of your career, you're going to start taking it yourself. So I'm in third stage. So <laughs> I'm a believer in them, and, you know. But, you know, do what you want. <laughs> but, uh, you know, our, our, 
you know, our, our research, our government has been wrong on so many things through the years that it's almost like you got to feel through it for yourself and take a deep dive on some of this stuff and, and see what works for you. Not all vitamins are going to work for everybody, but, uh, anyway, um, I, th I think this is a good segue, um, into Evangelon's question. Uh, is this the decade that allopathic medicine dies? Um, no, I don't think it'll die. You know, I, I'm hoping that, um, because we have good medicines out there, you know, allopathic medicine too. I kind of think of myself as a blend between, you know, traditional and alternative. Um, I mean, there's good things out of both. There's bad things out of both. I mean, so you don't want to get on so far on one side that you ignore the good things that, um, you know, all the research and a lot of medicines out there can bring. Um, and a lot of, a lot of times we, we have good things out of repurposed medicine, just like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, even uh, Tadalafil, Cialis. I read a report today on how, you know, it's so good, so healthy for your heart uh, because it opens up your arteries. I, I, I predict we're going to start using more Cialis for heart disease than we are statins. Or, or, and I actually, I went to Harvard and to a conference one time and back when I did the Boston heart panels and uh, one of the cardiologists told me it was as protective for your heart as a statin and coming from a cardiologist, that's, that's a, that's a big statement. But um, so we're continually, you know, repurposing medicines and figuring out what works. So don't get, you know, have we cut out? I'm still here. Back. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, my picture went down. But anyway, so you don't want to get too extreme. You don't want to take the best of both. And uh, not, I love my picture. But um, so I, I'm hoping that people will start to realize that um, there's there's good in both, and that we'll take the best in both. I'm kind of like what you would call a, an open skeptic uh, of things. So I'm not too easy to convince on on a lot of things but i like to kind of think about it myself and try to kind of use some common sense on it so that's a great comment you know i, I don't think it's going to be the end of allopathic medicine because so many people depend on it and our, our system's already kind of wired that way but i do think there's, there's going to be a lot of practitioners that are going to uh, learn some of the other ways of doing things and not just push medicine, medicine, medicine for everything. Doctors tend to um, label things and, uh, you know, diagnosis, here's your pill for it. But a lot of times it goes a lot deeper than that. And, you know, in integrated medicine, we try to figure out why, you know, why you have this. And a lot of times it's simply poor lifestyle, poor food choices, gut dysfunction, stress, lack of sleep. Um, lack of hormones as you age, but, uh, that's a great comment. I love, I love that. Um, I hope it's a decade that it changes. That's for sure. I, I like that. Uh, what we hope of Angelon is, is this is the decade that allopathic medicine changes. Uh, I love that statement. Uh, let's get to Barbara real quick. Um, what to do my hair coming out bad, um, any, any quick answers, um, you know, to generally speaking around, uh, hair coming out? Well, I'm sure you've had 
you know, the, the Cleveland panel look at thyroid, your adrenals, your inflammatory markers. Um, it could be post COVID. Um, you know, there's a, it could be just not what genetic at times, but there's a lot of stuff you can do for it. Um, you know, there's, vitamins for that. There's no doubt that biotin helps some people. There's also some prescription medicines that I'll use. Um, like I was talking about repurposed medicines. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a terrible drug for your prostate called finasteride and full doses for your prostate caused all kinds of side effects. I don't recommend it much, but in a really, really low dose, it's great to prevent hair loss. Um, it'll probably help you grow hair back. So I'll, even put some women on it, as long as they're not of childbearing age. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things we can do. We need to find out why. Even stress can cause hair loss. Hair grows in cycles, so um, need to consider that. Um, it depends on if it's coming out in patches like alopecia areata, or just thinning, like you see in male pattern baldness. But um, uh, yeah, let's. Let's take a look at that and see if we can uh, find out what's causing and maybe use some tools to, to stop the, the fast hair loss. Uh, viruses can cause it. When you're sick, you can lose it. Um, Thank you for, for that question. We'll look into that, Barbara. Thank you for that question, Barbara. Um, let's go. Let's see here. Um, this is might be just a comment. Uh, Monica is saying magnesium and women's hormones. Uh, I'm guessing uh, what she's talking about is can you take them together? Um, any Does this uh, ring a bell uh, to you, Doc? No. Um, there's no contraindication to either one of them that I know about. Usually, I mean, I think every adult should take a magnesium supplement. Um, you know, we check a lot of levels. Um, take it at night. And I don't know. I don't think it's not going to interfere with a woman's hormones for sure. I'm not sure exactly what the question is, but um, uh, Monica, if we're if we're misinterpreting that, let us know, and I'll make sure we we get that answered. Um, let's go to uh, Belinda's question. Uh, Belinda says, "Doc, is this medication safe to be used for a man which was diagnosed with anxiety? The name is Citalopram that he was put on. Is there something you recommend?" Yeah, Citalopram. Celexa is just a, another SSRI, serotonin reuptake inhibitor, very commonly used um, for depression. Um, and, you know, um, it helps anxiety as well, pretty well. Most of the serotonin drugs do. So I'm not against it. I mean, you know, a lot of times, if you look at all the new studies on the SSRIs, they're not really that effective uh, overall. Um, you know, I, I would usually try something first called saffron. Um, saffron is just a great, it's a spice, but they make it into a, a supplement that I love it. It works for anxiety. It works for depression, probably better than Prozac. And it also curves cravings. Like it, we use it a lot for weight loss as well. So, and you could actually use it with citalopram. One thing, if you've been on that medicine, you really need to taper off slowly if you're going to come off of it. And you got to give it a good trial because it's not going to work overnight. It's not like you take one pill and you're chilled out. You're not. It takes a while to start working, two to four weeks. And then you may have to work the dose up a little bit. Some people complain that 
all the SSRIs kind of make them uh, more apathetic and, you know, sometimes it has adverse effects on your libido, that type of thing. So um, I'm not against it, but that's just a good example of how you could combine allopathic medicine with uh, alternative uh, medicine. Uh, maybe use uh, saffron instead or with it. I, mean, I don't know how severe it is on, on you, but it does uh, seem certainly. it does seem that it's for anxiety. Uh, if I got that right, Belinda, um, and I, I I love I love that idea of of, of kind of using that in uh, with it. It's uh, uh, a perfect example of of combining uh, the traditional with uh, with the more alternative. Um, okay, let's get to the next question. There, uh, where am I at? Uh, Mama Bees, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get this book on concussions uh, on the next show. We'll show that to you guys. Uh, what that is? Remind me, it's a great book. I used it a lot when I was a teen. I just gave that up last year, so I think I did it for like thirty-two years. But it's a lot of concussions. Uh, I just didn't like to see repeated concussions um, for later on in life. But um, yeah, I'll I'll go with that book or get a copy so you can read it. Um, all right. So this is Carolyn's question. I uh, want to get off lisinopril. Uh, what would actually lower uh, blood pressure so to get off this drug? Um, um, you know, lisinopril is not my favorite uh, blood pressure medicine. If I had to take a prescription blood pressure medicine, I would take an ARB, an angiotensin receptor blocker. Uh, like Losartan or Telmosartan, one of those. Uh, I think a lot of less side effects. I think it works better. Um, but, I mean, this depends on if you're able to get off of it. Um, you know, some people have essential hypertension, which just means they inherited it. And as you get older, your arteries get a little stiffer. And definitely, it's very important to keep your blood pressure within normal limits. Um, so if you're able to, like, it, for example, if, if you haven't been exercising and you're exercising, losing weight, getting into shape, getting good night's sleep, getting stress off of it, you may be able to taper off. Um, but you might want to go ahead and get on something like hawthorn or garlic. Um, those are probably two of my favorite ones for uh, blood pressure that are more natural. Um, but... Again, you may not need anything. Uh, I think a lot of times people get stuck on a medication for life that they don't think they can get off of. But you can certainly um, monitor your blood pressure real closely and maybe tape, start tapering the dose. If you're on 10, start taking 5 and monitor. If you do well on 5, go to 2.5 for a month or so and take it every other day and just see while you get on some garlic or, or hawthorn, something like that. Um, good question. Though. How would you how would you go about if you're coaching a, a patient on how to go about that conversation with their provider? Um, say that they do have a similar mindset in as you do, like they they want to get off these medications. How do they how do they ask their provider? Um, you know, assuming a, a lot of people watching you might not be close to a place like performance medicine. What's, how would you coach them on having that conversation? 
I just be honest with them and say, hey, I'd really like to try to get off of this. If I can, I'm doing my best to do everything else I can. I'm going to try a few supplements, and uh, uh, I'd like to taper off of it and hopefully, you know, get their blessings on it and help you with the tapering schedule and maybe look at some of your other uh, parameters like your insulin resistance and, you know, know the whole person. That's why it's good to be a family doc. You know, you get to know the whole family dynamic, which plays a part. I mean, there's an extreme psychological component to, to everybody. Um, whether you're talking about pain or high blood pressure, you know, a lot of it's, you know, in your brain. But um, hopefully your doctor will work with you. If you don't have a doctor that's willing to do that, find a new doctor. Yeah. Thank you. It's for hard to do sometimes, though. Yeah. Um, let's get to, to our good friend Brian Jones uh, with Jones Chiropractic. Uh, in general, prescriptions from Canada, which are considerably uh, cheaper compared to the same medication from the U.S., are you necessarily giving up quality slash effectiveness? Good question. I don't think so. You know, I really don't. It's not really. I, I found I ordered, I wrote a prescription today. Uh, for a patient to get this, a medication out of Canada, for example. Um, she lived in California and uh, you know, has seen me in the past. We do telemedicine now and uh, can't get it out there at any reasonable price. So I think it's a good, a good thing to get it from Canada. Um, you know, I have nothing against it. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a, a bad product come out of there. I'd be wary if it's coming off the internet. You know, with Canadian drugs, you need a prescription from the doctor, so they have to follow certain guidelines to make sure it's the real thing. Um, when you're ordering it from a source, in some of these other countries, you, you can't be sure what you're getting. But I do trust the Canadian pharmacies. All right, thank you for that question, Dr. Jones. Um, let's get to Sherry's question here. Uh, what do you recommend for osteoporosis? I'm 58 and have already lost one and three-fourths inches in height. Took Foxamax for eight years. Doctor just took me off of it. I do take 50,000 uh, units of vitamin D once a week. Yeah, I ran into a patient like this today. Um, you know, I don't like the drug Foxamax a whole lot. I just don't think it grows the right kind of bone. And uh, it has a lot of side effects. Um, you know, that now you can get an injection of Prolia every six months, but it's, a, it's still a bisphosphonate, but not with a lot of the side effects. I think it's a little safer than taking Fosamax daily and make, make sure that damage your esophagus. But um, certainly take the D, make sure it's D3 and you need vitamin K. Vitamin K helps the the vitamin D bring the calcium into your bones, not your arteries or your joints. So, and check your levels of D uh, to make sure you're getting a good level. Um, I recommend uh, exercise, weight-bearing exercise. I like light weights. You want to build muscle, which builds bone. Um, I would think about looking at your hormone levels. Um, hormones are as good as anything for, or probably better than anything, for osteoporosis, especially estrogen, but also testosterone. Uh, so look at all your, your uh, female hormones. And uh, then, you know, you can always see Jill Hendricksy, uh, 
the PA that works with me in my Bristol office. She's um, been practicing for 20 years as an expert in osteoporosis. Um, has a lot of other cool stuff you can do. Uh, there's boron, there's strontium, there's other supplements, but um, you know, I don't know if you've broken bones or what your T-scores are, but this, so definitely vitamin K2. Uh, think about bioidentical hormones, exercise, and have a consultation with, with Jill up in Bristol and uh, bring your, uh, your, um, your bone scans from the different years you've got and let's see what kind of progression you've had. And we certainly check uh, your levels and I'll see where, what else we'd recommend. Good question. Had that today. Thank you for that question, Sherry. Uh, let's get to, uh, I see Kathy, what we will do, um, Kathy, we, we, we will be sure to do something like this. Uh, she's asking if we could do a show um, or part of a show just on long COVID treatments. Uh, we'd be happy to do that. Um, let's get to Motaz's question. Uh, Motaz is asking, uh, any medications that can help strengthen tendons? Um, hey, Motaz. Uh, yeah, um, I like uh, omega-3s for that. Um, I like vitamin D with K. Um, I like curcumin. I like um, I like a supplement life extension makes called Arthromax. I mean, anything that can help your joints are going to help your tendons and your ligaments. Um, I like collagen supplements for that. Um, they can definitely help that. Uh, be careful, you know, that, you know, you don't overstrain your muscles. I mean, you know, if you like, if you're working out a lot and lifting really heavy weights, remember your tendons and ligaments stay the same size. Your muscles are going to get a lot bigger, but so you're more likely to rupture a tendon or, or have a lot of tendonitis with that. So use perfect form. Don't over lift the weights. Um, you're just going to get hurt and think about the collagen and, um, of course, always look at your hormone levels and, and so on and so forth. Um, cause I think, I really think, uh, like testosterone and, uh, maybe even, um, some more and some of the peptides can help too. BPC 157 is a peptide that's pretty good for stands for body protection complex. I think it really helps injuries if you're wearing your tendons down a little bit. Um, drink a lot of water. You know, that helps as, as well. Um, I wouldn't take any extra calcium. You don't need that. But the D with K will help as well. All right. Great question there, Motaz. Uh, let's get to, uh, let's see. I'm going to put this up uh, for the osteoporosis question. Starting Strength YouTube channel has great videos on this topic with osteoporosis. Uh, Roel, thank you for that comment. Uh, so the people on Facebook can see that. Starting Strength, that is a YouTube channel uh, talking about osteoporosis. Uh, thank you again, uh, Roel, for, for putting that in there. Um, so what we're going to do, guys, is I know we, we need to um, put up, we're going to wrap up here in just a second. I'm going to see if this works. Um, this is a, a little glimpse of what's in the immune complex. Uh, hopefully you guys can read it. And we're going we're gonna to get together some graphics around uh, some of these um, vitamins that we're 
uh, putting in the offices right now. Uh, so you can see that uh, right there, and you'll, you'll see more of that. I know uh, I'm not going to be able to leave it up there for as long as you might need it. Um, but that is the Dr. Rogers Immune Complex. And we'll, like I said, we'll get some more graphics up there um, once, we, once we get them. Um, and I want to say one more time that uh, if you know somebody or are somebody who's going through radiation uh, treatment right now, uh, Dr. Clark is offering this, and uh, we absolutely adore him, uh, and he's kind to do this. Uh, all he's looking for is feedback. Uh, he's uh, wanting uh, people to, to use Lavengel, uh, which is something you put on your skin um, uh, for patients that are going through radiation right now. There's his email right there. Uh, you can email him and just tell him where you're coming from, uh, so he'll, he'll make sure to, to, to look for it. He knows we're making this PSA today. Uh, so anybody you know, or if you are somebody, uh, it's a great opportunity there. Uh, Doc, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, let's see. Um, we've got a couple of great comments there. Thank you there for uh, Camo Sarah. Um, she's putting up, uh, from the oral surgery side of life, we aren't a fan of the bisphosphonates either. That's yeah, you got a lot, of, a lot of jaw necrosis from that. You can get it. I'm sure you've seen a ton of that. But yeah, thank you for that comment. I'm just not fond of it. Um, no. Thank you. Uh, thank you for putting that in there. Uh, guys, if I missed your question, uh, I certainly apologize. Uh, Roel, we love you back. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for hanging out thank with you. us. Uh, and we, like I said, we'll get more information on the immune complex and the energy uh, supplements we've been talking about tonight for you guys. Uh, we'll uh, get that up there next time. Uh, Doc, I appreciate the time tonight, man. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Have a good night. Guys, we will see you next week, uh, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, this is the Performance Medicine Show. This is where me and Dr. Rogers, a.k.a. Pop, uh, kind of go over some live health and wellness questions. We also take them during the week. If you want to put in your question um, anonymously, you can email me, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net, uh, and uh, we will put that at the first part of the show. I love you guys. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for all that you're doing, uh, for being in the comments with us. Uh, we really appreciate you. And I'm sure we've got, man, uh, what I didn't realize is a lot of our team watches this show. And, and uh, even, even the ones who aren't commenting, I love you guys. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us uh, this evening. And, guys, that is going to be it. I'm going to get my outro. Happy 4th fourth. Happy fourth of July this week, too. Happy 4th. We hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful uh, holiday weekend. Uh, I do believe if you are a patient of ours, uh, our offices are closed uh, at 1230 on Friday. So we're open 9 to 1230 on Friday and closed on the 4th, which is Monday. Uh, so take note of that if you're a patient of ours. Uh, love you guys. We're out. We will see you guys next week, Tuesday, 7 o'clock with the Performance Medicine Show. See you, Pop. Love you, man. Bye-bye. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.